Welcome back, everybody. Hello. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And this is Terror and Taco. It's like three in a row, Christy. Oh, my God. We are on a roll. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to play rock intro today because I kind of feel bad for Jim John when we play rock, rock intro. intro. It's just that it it's takes so away from funny. their work. It takes away from their work. So I think, I don't know. Scary is back. Back to spooky time. Back to spooky time. Here at Terror and Tacos, we talk about horror movies and we also talk about delicious things that we like to eat. We've kind of branched out from tacos. At some point, we had to. Not that we don't still always eat tacos. And favor tacos over everything else. Right. But, you know, I even considered this morning because we were watching the second episode of Uh True Detective, Mm -hmm. of the fourth season of True Detective last night. I considered making pancake tacos. Oh. Because <laughs> I don't know, man. Those pancakes, they no spoilers. Real good, man. But the pancakes came out, and I was like, I got to make yeah, pancakes. Yeah, that's, I mean, they and looked I, real yeah, good. I was like, what if I make pancakes and then we put some To bacon. the point we were like, why is she leaving without those yeah, pancakes? I don't care if there's a murder. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Eat those pancakes, girl. There's time. Everything's yeah. frozen. Um, yeah, so today we're doing Mexican chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just which is made delicious. I just made some Mexican chocolate and um, I'm very fond of it. It's my favorite, my favorite form of drinkable chocolate. Yeah, it, it's like it's so hearty and cozy, yeah, and warm. And it it's comes, you know, it's got cinnamon and it's got other kinds of spices and flavors in it. And you can make it traditionally in Mexico, it's made with water. Uh, but you know, Northern Mexicans, Southern Texas are traditionally cattle people. So everything's right. made with, with milk. milk. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But this one's made with oat milk. Because we're healthy. Because we're healthy. And just a splash of cream. But it's it just hits on a cold oh, day. It's so good. Like, and it has like been nothing else. bizarrely cold here. Uh-huh. It has uh, been. Today is like normal cold, but the last week was, it was, it was weird, man. Yeah, it was like 16 when, degrees and it felt like yeah. minus two. When northerners like aren't making fun of you for being cold like they usually do, the yeah. smug sons of bitches that they right. are. And I'm always like, come down here in July, motherfucker. Yeah, Then we'll exactly. see who's laughing. We'll see who's laughing. But even when they're like, oh shit, that is cold. You're like, okay. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. legitimately cold. Because it's not dry. Right. Like it's not a dry cold. No, it's like a. It's, it's a always wet, a wet twelve degrees. 12 like degrees, come on, man. man. It's like it, the you. It's not only suffering coldness, but it's suffering the indignity of trying to get to your car on an icy sidewalk. Yeah, man. Not snow. No. Not something fluffy and crunchy that you can pretty that you can walk on, but di- disgusting, slippery black ice. Yes, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. awful. Um, Speaking of ice, perfect setup <laughs> for True Detective. Night country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we figured today because True Detective is back, and because you also just in one day, I believe, I, in one day, I binged season one. Yeah, because I love Jodie Foster. Uh huh. And so you know, a, a bunch of people had been telling me over the years, Christy Vela, you have to watch season one of True Detective. Mm-hmm. You will love it. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I'm yeah. sure you got the same. I got thing. the same thing. And I don't like it when people do that. Uh, I feel Me like neither. you don't know what I like. You don't know my life, right. but apparently they do Yeah, because I watched the first episode of the fourth season because of my love for Jodie Foster. And then when it was over, I thought I cannot wait a whole week right. for more. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to binge or not binge. I'll watch the first episode of season one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went down. John and I both went down like all day long. I think I texted you at 2 a.m. Yeah, which is shocking. 
Yeah. Because you all are not normally up. I am always up because whatever. But I, knew I you would be. I was surprised that you guys were up. Yeah. I texted. I mean, I posted. I was like, when John Flores makes the night coffee. Yeah. You know it's for you real. You know it's for real. Because we were sitting there and we were like, okay, we got two more to go. Like, we cannot not watch this. Yeah. And I became obsessed. Yeah. So I am obsessed with True Detective season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the mysteries and secrets about it. And, and now we're two episodes four. into season four. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, also, I also came to True Detective late. I think it was one of those things. It was like weird. It came out in 2014, mm-hmm. the original. And I honestly think it was like we were in it. Like we didn't have HBO. Like it was like we were getting new. We were getting rid of cable yeah. or whatever. And then so I just missed it. And then I also got the, like, you got to see it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. You don't know me. Right. And then about <laughs> last year, it was actually just last year. Why are we like this, Mike? I don't know. Not even, yeah, it was last summer. Uh, I went to a pool party at Friend of the Shows, Whitney Holitick, mm-hmm. who was watching season four with us. And Whitney at the pool party, I guess, overheard that I hadn't seen it. And she was like, dude. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You need to watch it. And Whitney is one of the few people, she doesn't judge. Right. She's just trying to, I know- her intentions are always good. Yes. And I was like, okay. And Aspen happened to be out of town at the time. And so I went home and I watched it in two days. Yeah. And then when she got home, like I was like, hey, you want to watch True Detective? Yeah. And then she became obsessed. And so, yeah, I can say without hesitation, season one of True Detective is is one of my favorite seasons of yeah, television ever. Me too. Now, I mean, it, it has moved up there and I'm like, wow. I mean, part of me, of course it was HBO and whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, this happened on TV. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. And it's one of those, I think it's one of the few shows that I guess often, I guess here often come out of HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel the same way about Deadwood. Yeah, absolutely. The, and, and The Wire. Mm-hmm. And then even Sopranos, like back in the day, which was sort of before, you know, all of these. Um, but especially with like Deadwood and The Wire and then True Detective season one. I was like, there's this is unlike anything else. Yeah. I've and seen it's like it's TV. not necessarily content. It's the like the the how it unfolds yeah, and how the story's told. The structure of it. It's and, just like no one does that on TV. No, no. And, and it's such a rare thing. Like I go back to like. When I first, when Twin Peaks came out. Right. Where it was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and now it gets rarer and rarer because, you know, I, what if for various reasons. Yeah. Like, I, again, I don't know that Twin Peaks would ever get, obviously the return got made because Twin Peaks was huge. Right. But if David Lynch showed up a few years ago and was like, this, this is my idea for a show. Sorry, John and Dante do that way better than I've I do. I've got 75 good images. Yeah, I don't know that that would ever get made, especially on fucking network TV, right. which is even crazier. That's about even Twin crazier. Peaks. I mean, the last time I thought this about a show was The Return. Yeah. And specifically episode eight of yeah, The Return. Yeah, where you're like, where how like, is he even how, getting away with this? Who, did no one check on him? And yeah. of course, he's David Lynch. They let him do Happy what he wants. Happy birthday, wants. King. And, no one's going to And to me, it's even more surprising with something like True Detective season one in that you, I mean, I have to believe, I don't know this, but I have to believe McConaughey and Woody Harrelson were integral in making sure things happened how they happened because you had a show creator. That was his first show. Mm-hmm. He had written a couple episodes of The Killing, um, but he was uh, mainly, his name's Nick uh, 
pizzolato word. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he had a couple at TV episodes under his belt, but this wasn't like, I don't know, Aaron, Sor- whoever uh-huh. showed up and was like, I got a show. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Right. This guy was relatively unknown, mm-hmm. if not completely unknown. So it, it's shocking to me that he was able to make the show. Right. It the had way to be it. Harrelson and and Yeah, Mah- and those two guys going, are like, it's going to work. It's going to work. And they that's why they're executive producers to this day. Right. <laughs> they they just, just cash a check. Checks. Um so anyway, we figured we'd talk about yeah, true detective. There will be spoilers mm-hmm. for season 1 probably and 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 at least the, the first two episodes of of Night Country, which is only 2 weeks in. Right. But you if the people don't know, <laughs> Tell them. I watch more detective shows than anybody. <laughs> I don't know if than anybody, but I I do watch more detective shows than, than the average human show being. and then the average human being. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I watch a lot, but I don't watch nearly as many as you. And what I've always loved is that like you will run the gamut. Like you're not gonna be like, I only watch hardcore serial killer shit. You'll I period, watch everything style whatever so Everything. i so I, I had two questions to sort of kick things off that i was going to ask you as a detective connoisseur mm-hmm. one is very it's almost like we were even talking about it. it's like an impossible question to answer but i'll throw it out anyway so it's like what do you look for in a detective show or detective story is there something that draws you to the all these shows you watch yes i mean i have a list it's going to be involved if that's Great. okay it should be um it Okay, so the first thing for me is that the location mm-hmm. of the show is as much a character of the show as the detective itself or the the people, like the the w- w- the town or the city where it takes place. Mm-hmm. And the location should also, for the most part, match thematically. Right, with what's happening with in what's the story. what's happening in the show and, and the mood of the show. Sometimes the location itself is a reflection of the inner life of the detective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always really, really interesting. Um, you know, for example, I'm going to mention these two shows a lot because I love them, but Midsummer Murders, which is one of my favorite television shows of all time, it's been on for 23 seasons. Crazy. It's a British show. Especially in England. In England, yeah. Especially in England. I mean, they're normally I mean, like, we like, did three, we're done. Yeah, like <laughs> the only other show that's been on that long is East Enders, right? Like yeah, that. yeah. Or like uh, Coronation yeah, Street. Yeah, Coronation Street. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Brits love their detective shows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Midsummer Murders takes place in the Cotswolds in, <sighs> and in Oxfordshire, which is a beautiful, beautiful garden area. That's where I want to like, retire. Yeah, it's like gorgeous cottages, gorgeous little villages, um, eccentric characters, mm-hmm. um, and brutal, brutal brutal ridiculous murders right um <laughs> love it i <laughs> love it <laughs> not only not only does it reflect i mean the, the the location plus how the murders happen give you a hint of how you're going to approach the mystery itself how right you're like oh this ha- there's somewhat of a sense of humor about this right this is a picturesque beautiful town right and there is a woman with a medieval axe in her back outside the tea shop in the town green nobody's upset it's just part of life it's just part of life yeah that's great uh i mean i have i have a t-shirt that says welcome to midsummer county feel free to speed you know (laughs) stuff like that you know um because it's like you better get out of midsummer county you're or gonna you're going to die. You're going to get killed. Um, 
or Shetland, which is the one that you just yeah, got we just into, started. Right? We're already obsessed with yeah. Shetland. Yeah, and Shetland takes place on a tiny on Shetland, yeah. which is off the off the. Uh, it's a tiny island off the coast of Scotland, and it's bleak. There are no trees. It's wide open. It's beautiful. Yeah, but it is brutal. It is brutal landscape. Yeah. And and your detective, our main detective for these first eight seasons, Jimmy Perez, um, kind of has that same kind of like bleak inner life. Yeah. He's, he's, he's seen a lot. Right. He's seen a lot. And so the, his attitude and his view of life matches the location of where the mysteries are happening. I'll go back to Midsummer. Tom Barnaby is the main detective of Midsummer, and um, Elizabeth George, who is the writer of the Midsummer series and the Tom Barnaby mysteries, wanted to create something different, wanted to create a, a detective who isn't flawed, doesn't have like weird quirks. Right. He has a perfectly normal, lovely family life, has a beautiful daughter. No one's dead. His wife's not dead. No. <laughs> the, the, the wife sings in the choir uh-huh. uh, and she does things in the village and the daughter is a would-be actress and goes to drama school and does like touring versions of Romeo and Juliet. Great. And he loves to garden. He has perfectly normal. He just happens to be really good at sussing out horrific murders. Right. And those two things work so well together, especially in the location where it takes place because it is lovely. It's lovely. You would garden. You would garden. Yeah. You would go to the village green and, and run the coconut stall at the, Fate, you know, <laughs> which right. there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Morris dancers. Hey man, come there's on. A lot of, so there's a lot of Morris dancers, a lot of like jumble sales and a lot of incest. on that's that's not, You told me that it's like, yeah. that's such a bold move. Yeah. They love their incest. Um, it should happen in an interesting time. Right. You know, uh, a lot of them are contemporary. Shetland is contemporary, right? Yeah. But some of the best ones are period uh, detective stories like Cadfile which stars Derek Jacobi as a monk yeah. in medieval England. Yeah, crime-solving monk. Crime-solving monk. You know, like medieval mysteries. Yeah. Who knew, right? right? Or Endeavor, which takes place like in the 60s, swing in 60s, and it's based on, um, I can't remember, Inspector Morse, right? Yes. As a young when man. When he's younger. When he's yeah. young. And it's my wonderful. Mom is, my mom has just gotten me into Endeavor. Yeah, and the great thing about like something like Endeavor is, that takes place in Oxford is that the buildings haven't changed. Right. <laughs> They're not going to change. So like with the exception of like switching out a few cars on the street yeah. and some clothes, you can be in 1960s England like, like that. that. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite shows is, is also a British show called Life on Mars. And mm-hmm. Life on Mars is also has like a weird sci-fi element to it because it's about a detective in, I guess, the early aughts. He gets in a horrific car accident. And he wakes up in the 1970s in the same district and and he's still a cop there, Mm -hmm. but he has all of this like forensic knowledge that didn't exist back then. Uh So it's really interesting. Also, it's like, is he in a coma or did he travel through time? Or did he travel through time? But it's amazing because like it's shot in the same area, right? but it's literally like, yeah, get that, uh, get that new Volvo out and bring in this old Volvo Volvo. (laughs) and it looks the same. It looks the same. Um, I like detectives that are flawed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're all flawed to some extent, right? Uh, that's what makes them interesting. I like them to defy audience and fellow characters' expectations. Again, Tom Barnaby is like this 
grumpy man who just wants to garden. Right. Um, Vera, who's also one of my favorites, again, written by the same writer as Shetland, is she's this older woman who's just like a kind of like real hard-hitting Miss Marple. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's People don't expect her to be a hard ass, and she is. Um, there's another one out of Canada called Murdoch Mysteries. Mm -hmm. And the detective there, William Murdoch, and this takes place, this is great. This takes place um, like right at the Industrial Revolution, nice. right? So Murdoch is a super Catholic because Canadians are super Catholic. Right. But also he's kind of a scientist Damn and French. an inventor. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and it's right at the Industrial um, Revolution. Mm -hmm. So he oftentimes invents. Oh, like that's little things, yeah. right? That we know as a Kodak camera or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right. or, you know, something like that. Yeah, because that's everything cool. actually came from that time. Right. Uh, everything that we know now. Um, like the other thing about Murdoch that I love is that he doesn't like old fashioned houses. Like he's like, I don't want to live in an old fashioned house. There's this new architect. His name is Wright. <laughs> and he lives in this weird, everybody thinks his house is weird. Uh -huh. um, so that yeah, little of, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, and sometimes I like it when the detectives aren't detectives at all. Right. Like Rosemary and Time, who are two gardeners, two who ladies solve who, are crimes. who solve crimes. Yeah. Or Jessica Fletcher. Yeah. Or Father Brown, who is a Catholic yeah. priest who solves mysteries. Yeah, there seems to be a whole slew of... Uh Catholic clergy and or nuns or monks yeah. solving crimes. Yeah, and I don't know why it's the Catholics and not Protestants, except Granchester. Granchester is a Protestant mm -hmm. uh, priest. I mean, I have thoughts. Um, well, tell me what your thoughts they're are. They're not as smart as we are. I don't think that Granchester <laughs> is as fun as Father Brown is. I'm kidding, Protestants. No, but, but like, I honestly don't. Right. Like, I like Granchester, yeah. whatever, but it doesn't have the same, the, it doesn't hold the same tension as a Catholic priest does because there are certain things that Catholic priests cannot do. Yeah, and it's the same with a nun. It's like they're, they're, you and the monk or whatever, you eliminate in some ways family life. Right. Not to say they don't have parents or siblings or whatever, but you don't have romantic, you're not supposed to at least. Right. You don't have romantic interest. Right. Um, and if you do, it's something you have to sort of fight against, like in Fleabag or whatever. Right. It's not a mystery, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so I think it does... It's interesting, yeah. you know? He's not fighting with his wife because no. he doesn't have one. He doesn't have one, and he's always in everybody's business. And right. like it's the, it's and Mark Williams, who plays him, is, like, so good at it. Um, now, there are other ones. I mean, like, okay, so the solutions should be shocking and mm -hmm. inevitable, just yep. like in anything. Um, the only one that defies this is Columbo, okay? <laughs> yeah. But the fun of Columbo is spotting the place where the killer gives himself away yeah i know i'm giving you a lot of rules as to what i look for i mean but, but i i think this also will lead into the the second question i yeah. have and lastly the writing should be good it should be really really good in that one can sit back and just enjoy the show if they just want to enjoy the unfolding of a mystery right or and this is super important there should be enough tiny breadcrumbs that the armchair detective should be able to, or or, or should be able to attempt to solve the yeah, mystery. Yeah, so you when should, the reveal yeah, happens. You should be able to sit back and just enjoy it, or you should be able to go like 10 minutes in, I have a theory. Yeah. Right? And it should not be a cheat. You right. know, the, the, the breadcrumbs should be smart mm -hmm. and, um, and small. 
Yeah, know? and I, I, I think the, I, the best ones do that. Yeah. I like, so you know, like I said, you have a bunch of different kinds of shows. Uh, so my second question to you was, and again, I don't know that we're going to figure this out today. Uh, why do you think mystery stories, or, or, or specifically detective stories, um, are able to hold almost any and every style? So, like, you and I both, obviously, like, we're talking about True Detective. True Detective season one is brutal. It's, it's brutal. brutally violent. So, it's, Southern Gothic. <clears throat> yeah. And then at the same time, you could go watch a farce on stage that's hilarious and mm-hmm. awesome and also is a mystery with a detective. Yeah. You could go watch fucking- Rosemary and Time. Yeah. Which it, is- Inspector Clouseau that is like a bumbling, yeah. you know, Peter Sellers comedy. Right. And yet it still holds the form. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm just, it, I to me, it's theory. one of the few types of stories that can, can bend, can fit any style. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. I would like to hear and it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, I am not a scientist. That's um, not what I hear. <laughs> but I do have an arts and education background. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we are, like, as a species, we need to make sense of the world. Uh-huh. The, the, I mean, we do that. Like, people sit around and go like, oh, there's a, that's a choo-choo train in the cloud. That's not. Right. It's not. <laughs> but, like, we, we right. are constantly trying to find patterns where there is no pattern, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. In art, in nature, on a tortilla, right. like people are like, that's Jesus. Yeah, on a I piece saw of Jesus toast. on a piece of toast. And you're like, no, it's no. not. Um, and we're learners. And the thing as a species, we're learners. Like that's that's what we like to do. I, I would hope naturally. You yeah. know, all children are learners. All children are curious. And if you don't fuck that up, you grow up to be a curious learner adult mm-hmm. who, because of this innate need to create patterns we have to make sense of the world and i think that we live in a trash fire sure of a world absolutely and uh, you know it uh, being able to come home and sit and watch something that you can either actively try to solve or that you know that at the end of 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour will be wrapped up and will make sense again Mm -hmm. um is a is a comfort yeah no i think that makes sense it's a it's a comfort and it's like there's nothing to me anyway and i know probably to you like there's nothing more like abhorrent nothing more like what the fuck is wrong with the world than a horrific murder that doesn't make sense yeah right so trying to make sense of something right is is i think at the root of of why Murder mysteries are so popular, whether it's a police procedural Mm -hmm. like NCIS or whatever, or whether it's uh, SVU, which I also love, although I I really do favor like the Brits and the French and the Scandi uh, mysteries. Um, I think it's all about making sense of Of, the world that we live in. I think that's great. And I I think, um, not related to that question, it's like there, you know, they are... We can say whatever we want about cops in real life, mm-hmm. which we don't have to talk about. Um, they are inherently active protagonists. Right. And so it is a great way to, like you said, you can propel a story within an hour. You can bring it to a close. Their job is to be active. Right. right? And I mean, that makes, and 
in in most mystery stories, even in a farce or whatever, there's inherent conflict, right? Right. And so, like these things to me work. Um, you want something, someone's in the in way. the way. Uh, you yeah. have to find a way to get past that obstacle and get what you yeah. want. Yeah, and the type of detective you are will determine how you go about that. Yeah, and and you, you, you and that can be anything from like you said the the super righteous, the, yeah, to the fucking. Bumbling. Right. Agent Cooper throwing rocks at a sign and monologuing about Tibet. Yeah. And, and, or, you know, to go back to like Sherlock Holmes, like doing opium. Right. Um, it's, it's, it, and that to me is also interesting. And so like what the, kind of detective that's are the, you? Like, that's the reason that I think we love a flawed detective because we're flawed, right? Like if someone's perfect, <clears throat> you, you can't live up to that person. You know, it's like Columbo is brilliant, but <laughs> but his trench coat looks terrible and he never combs his hair. Yeah, you amazing. know, and sometimes, you know, you feel that way. It's I mean, amazing. Some, sometimes you want someone who is above reproach. Like here's where I, like Olivia Benson, who is now above reproach. Like Olivia Benson could not do a misstep. Because she's, right? she's been on that show for- She's been on that. And she stands for something now that's bigger than SVU, uh-huh. right? Um and that, but that it could be argued that that is her flaw is that she will not stop and she is self righteous and she is believes herself to be better uh-huh. than everybody else, you know. And there are right. moments in the show where that belief that she has is the thing that undercuts her success in certain things, right? right. She's unable to see things um, in a certain way, uh-huh. right? And then you have on the other side, there's a wonderful, oh my God, I love this show so much called Scott and Bailey. And it's two badass female detectives in London, no, in, in uh, Manchester. Nice. Um, and the whole show is like women, right? The captain is a woman. The, these are the two protagonists. There's men in the show, of course, but like it, we're following the women. And these two women are allowed, these two characters as women are allowed to be a, in a way that a lot of female characters on television are not in the United States. They are allowed to be flawed. Mm-hmm. They are allowed to be wrong. They are allowed to be slutty. Right. And they are allowed to be angry. They're like Happy Valley is another one. Yeah. With Sarah Lang. I mean, she is allowed to be like, she is not a good person. Right. These people are not good people, but they're good at what they, they do. do. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I love it. Like there's a line to, go back to true detective. I mean, there's a line in season one that, uh, McConaughey has, um, as Russ Cole, one of my favorite detectives ever. Oh my God. It's yeah. Like the, yeah. We're bad men. Yeah. The world needs bad men. Yeah. And, um, in the- and the, which goes back to the, the, the idea of cops. Yeah. Um, my house is a house where my children do not like, right. They are like, cops are bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, that's, that's just how they feel. A-cab. And yeah. And I'm always like, I'm so sorry I like cop shows. If I, if I had any other career, one of my other career dreams would be to be a detective. Sure. And they're like, we get it. We totally get it. We want, Dante talks about how they're, that we want them to be, we, the shows yeah. are what we want them to be. Right. What we desire them to be. Yeah. What, what they could be. Right. And, it's not reality. Right. And I mean, I will say this as someone who writes actual true crime stories for a living, um, there are some really fucking awesome real life detectives in the world. Yeah. I mean, tell me that story. I mean, I I had to write, you know, about one about this. This took place in North Carolina and this was, this man was the head of the violent crimes unit and um, he was older and he, 
they called him the man in the white hat because he wore this fedora, this white fedora everywhere he went. And the fedora stemmed back to like when he was a younger man, he wore it as almost like a throwback to, to lawmen from a different age. Like he's a Southern guy, you know? Mm-hmm. He's a really fucking awesome detective. And so the more crimes he solved, the more he became to convince himself that the hat was a talisman and that it was integral to him solving crimes. Wow. This is a real human. Yeah. And I was like, that's like, like Agent Cooper shit. Yeah. Like, and again, I don't know what he was like. Like, whatever. That's a whole debate for a different time. But it's like, I, I get it. I, sorry. No I just like cops, cops or whatever. But it's like, there are, I don't believe every detective is a, is a terrible no, person. I, I don't and even think if so they either. are, they are doing a thing that still has to be done. It has to be done. Like, I mean, and they're like, so you hear it all the time in cop shows. You hear it all the time in like, oh, statistics and whatever. It's like the mind of a criminal and the mind of a cop are actually like really, really close yes. to each other. But actually that's who you want to be a cop. Right. Because they can think like the yeah. criminal. And like we're know? talking about like actual detectives not necessarily like like the people on the beat. Or yeah, whatever. and my like, you know John's best friend from high school, David Walt, his father Eddie Walt, shout out, um, was a captain of like Vice here at Dallas Police oh Department. God. I don't know if my children know that, but he's I've I've met the man. I know the man, and he's retired now. Whatever, sure. But he's one of the kindest, yeah. nicest people I have ever met in my life. And his son is lovely. His daughter's lovely. And he just had a shitty job. Yeah. I mean, not shitty, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had to deal with like the worst of the worst. Yeah. You see, like I, even in like writing some of this stuff, like my God, man, the world is horrible. And like, I can't, I mean, and we write horror movies, like we make horror movies. That's like what we want to do. And I'm like, man, we don't touch, uh, real life. No. (laughs) Um, and I guess to pull it back to say true detective, uh, I, I, season one, I think one of the reasons I did like it so much is it, while it sort of flirts with grand cosmic things, because mm-hmm. I mean, McConaughey's character is right. like, that's what he's about. It felt very much like very like real life horror. But even that, like even his grand ideas and kind of like waxing poetic and whatever comes is 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 like rooted in something very real that happened to the character. Yeah, that character was in in what vice or drugs or yeah he vice was, he was undercover he, for way for too long four years yeah. they, they they put him in there for four years and so he did almost all, as punishment yeah yeah he did all kinds of drugs yeah and his mind is permanently altered yes. because of that so much so that he this detective randomly has hallucinations now yes because of how his brain chemistry has been altered. And also probably has like synesthesia and all Mm -hmm. these other things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really liked the, and that's like, seems like a sort of Southern Gothic thing like this. There's always something. There's always a root. Yeah. Southern Gothic is all, I mean, it's one of my favorites because there's always, it's always rooted in something older, right? Yeah. Like it's always rooted in like something older in the land or something literary or some kind of like folklore or whatever. And I mean, but that's life too. I mean, people people have crazy beliefs, but at the root of, of horrible shit, it's just human nature. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things I really loved about that show was for all of the sort of philosophy that 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 McConaughey that Russ Cole gets into, and he's countered with a very like mm-hmm. meat and potatoes 
detective. Like Woody Harrelson's character is very much like one plus one what is, is two. two. Yeah. If I have to punch you in the face, I'll punch you in the face. Right. I'd rather not. But hey, we got to do what we got to yeah. do. And it works. They're both good detectives. And even Harrelson has a monologue about like yeah. what he's good at, but it's not. Right. Like Cole is just something, something else. else. Um, and he is sort of like a weird Holmes Cooper mm-hmm. figure. Um, but yeah, it's at the end of the day, it always comes back to like, it's just a corruption. terrible person or terrible people doing terrible right. things. I mean, at sorry, spoiler, but at the end of the day, it is, it is it's 10 years old. It's so. corruption and entitlement, right? Yes. It's like and a, religion and religion, <laughs> a, a like, which I love the monologue that oh, he has about God, religion, me too. but it's like so many years, so many years of, of, of corruption right? Mm -hmm. Where our killer and because of who he comes from and who he's related to is entitled. He's so entitled. He can, he can believe that he's been allowed to believe that it's something else. Yes. He's been allowed to live in this world of like, it's that he's chosen. I'm chosen. Yeah. Because nobody has ever said no to him because they can't because it's plain old Southern corruption. Yes. And, and coupled with, craziness yeah and re- like religion gone fucking astray and incest yeah and absolutely incest <laughs> oh man that fucking scene um so yeah like i i it's funny like when i watched the show i didn't know this and then i had i learned this from work because uh, my job is weird um so true detective was a magazine in the 1930s my dad used to read it Did he? in the 20s and 30s and like the cool thing was it was pretty salacious but it was detectives mm-hmm. telling their story about these sort of salacious cases right and so he starts his show with two detectives telling us the story of a really salacious case. Yeah. And I think, and like you and I have talked about in the last few days, I think the fact that he, his initial like structural inspiration was literary mm-hmm. shapes the rest of the show in a way that makes it feel so different than most TV. It really does. Because it unfolds then, it goes from like that, to unfolding like a novel with two those are the best unreliable it narrators. It really does. It yeah. unfolds like a novel. It unfolds like a short story. Yes. It, it like to me, it feels like it feels like Marquez in a lot yes. of ways. Like when you read a Marquez novel, that it just takes a while yeah. to unfold, and then the payoff is it's so, so good. And he's good. not in a hurry. And even like the the king, the Yellow King, like comes. I just talk about short stories. Like the King in Yellow is a short story written by Robert W. or a collection of short stories written. By by Robert W. Chambers in 1895. Mm-hmm. Carcosa, um, Chambers borrowed from another short story writer named Ambrose Bierce, mm-hmm. who first mentioned Carcosa in print in 1886 in a story called An Inhabitant of Carcosa. And so, like, I think a lot of what he's using, was it Pizzolato? I can never, I always Pizzolato. 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 Who's uh, living your life. Basically. Nikki, yeah. And I told you, we are literally, I'm one day older than he is. He was a, Novelist and an English professor. God damn it. Um, damn it. But with, he probably has a raging coke Probably, addiction. too. Yes. And he's one of those Louisiana Italians. Oh, no. Um, don't trust him. I never uh, want to go to Louisiana. <laughs> it's terrifying. Again. Uh, but I do think he is pulling, like, it is sort of just like pulling from, from the sort of literary history, mm-hmm. like 
that form, that structure, which makes it feel very different, which I think is why I fucking love it. Yeah, it's so, I mean, it's so funny. I mean, it's, there's nothing crazy about it. I'm here I am going like, ooh, supernatural, not supernatural. Um, right before one of the, uh, my friends left where I work, left to go to another city to another job. Uh, he gave to me a copy of The King in Yellow. Oh, nice. He's like, you need to read this. You would really, really <clears throat> love it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then I kind of put it on my desk and forgot about it. And I kid you not, like the weekend before I um, binged True Detective, I had picked it up and I said, what is this? And it was King in Yellow. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have to get, I have to read this. And I kind of put it aside. And then the very next day I started reaching. Yeah, started like watching, the fucking Yellow like, King. Oh my God, it's like, yeah. The world is telling me you need to so read what, this book. Yeah, it's and that so I, yeah, I, lo- I just I love all that stuff. And then honestly, season two fucking sucks. Yeah, and that's what everybody tells it's, me. It's a mess. I don't know what happened. Um, and then three is good. It's not one, but it's really well acted. Yeah. Um, but he's he's gone. He left the show for reasons. Um. My understanding is that by the end, he and HBO were not cool. <laughs> okay. I wish it was just kind of like, meh, I made enough money. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go live my life. Yeah, I don't, and maybe that's part of it. But like, I, he, I think, had somewhat of, I don't know. I don't want to put words in, in the man's mouth. But I don't know that season, I don't know that the final season went the way he wanted or mm-hmm. whatever. And so in some ways, in a lot of ways, season four, Night Country, and this is even how it's credited, is based on True Detective, created by Issa Lopez. Issa Lopez. And so it is connected to True Detective, but is also a new thing. Yeah, it's funny. Which I think is important. Yeah, so Issa Lopez is a badass Made one of our favorite movies. Yeah, made one of our favorite movies, Tigers Are Not Afraid. She's a Mexican uh, director from Mexico, and she is she is actually one year older than I am. Or no, she's one year younger than man, I am. What the fuck, man? These people I know. stole our lives, they stole man. stole our lives. Anyway, she is like one of these kind of like freak auteurs, like super talented filmmakers like del toro is like yes writer director yeah she's like the future yeah and she also wrote short stories yeah so she's really good and she actually before hbo approached her she had a story that was based on this that was very much what we're watching take place in alaska when it's never light right and then (laughs) hbo called her up and said hey we want to bring back true detective would you be interested she was like well it's funny that you mentioned that because I, think I this have this, could work. this could work. And then they were like, okay, great. Uh, let's get Jodie Foster. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, uh, you know, and the thing is, I, I sent you a quote from her. There's, there, there's all these wonderful interviews with her right now. Um, it does, it feels very American and it is very American, but because of who she is mm-hmm. underneath, there's like a very like Mexican sensibility yeah. that runs through the the this series because of like ideas about death and ideas right. about like you know ghosts and all that kind of thing which is it's very mexican yeah but it never veers into like ooh it's a it's a it's a haunted no, story no my th- my thought is that it still is going to come back to something relatively explainable yeah um and whether or not some of that explanation is when it's dark for fucking three months, you, you see you weird see shit. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the water, whatever that is. But like the setting, I think, gives leeway to that. I also think like 
because it's in Alaska, it takes place in Alaska. It's shot in Iceland, but it takes place in Alaska. You have a very like the city, the town, the small town where it takes place is highly populated. There's a large indigenous population Mm -hmm. of Alaska natives who obviously their beliefs and culture has a huge effect on the town. Mm -hmm. And so of course that's going to look different than Catholics or Protestants in the Bayou or whatever. Um, But I still think one, I think this feels uh, like a different kind of horror, which I love. Like it's got, like you said it, like, some carpenter it's got kubrick it's, it's got, got yeah and she and she says it she says i have been this has this was influenced by my all of my favorites by the thing she has the copy like yeah, you can she, see the copy you can of the, see the thing. copy of the thing in the, one of yeah. the opening shots um by kubrick by like all kinds of horror yeah it's just a horror direction. filmmaker yeah. and this is dude there was a scene i don't want to say anything because like i li- oh don't want to spoil this there was a scene last night um, that we jumped to everyone. I mean, it was fuck, and there were what six, six of, of us in the like, room. It was fucking awesome yeah. and scary. And so this feels like a different kind of horror than like the first one. Feels very much like we're tracking a fucking serial killer, which was horrific, or a budding serial killer, right? Um, this we don't quite know yet what yeah. what we're. Well, I mean, I have a what theory. We're at, <laughs> I have a theory, I know. but uh, like. um, and here, like, here's the other thing because I know that last night you were going like, I'm going to be real disappointed if the solution is supernatural. Yes, I don't think I don't think it's going to be because there, there's like too much science, you yes. know, in like involved, and there we're we're being given. I'm not going to talk about them, but we're being given a lot of hints mm-hmm. about what's going on in the town. Just. Uh, practically yes that it it can't like those things are not throwaway that's also people that's how you watch a detective show yeah nothing is throwaway and you cannot judge from the fucking pilot how it's good no and so you can't and i said uh, like but because of like this mexican thing which again it's i don't think a lot of people like immediately will go like oh latin american artists magic realism everything is magic right and i'm like to you it might be because you don't you don't actively talk about the people in your life who are dead people and you call, you just call them ghosts, right? Right. Like I don't actually see my mother or my father or my sister. Right. But they're very present in my sure. life, right? To us it's realism. Right. To other people that might be magic realism. Yeah. So it's not that it's going to have a supernatural No, and I don't some of these characters like you said, it's dark for six months out of the year. Yes. And you're smoking pot out in the Alaskan yeah. wilderness. You're going to see something. Which is like Rust Cole never recovering from drug use right. for 10 years exactly. or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. And like even my, look, I love supernatural shit. Absolutely. My whole thing was, and I again, I don't think it's set up like this at all. I have just heard people talking about it. Like, I, I don't want it to, I never want it to be an X-Files episode. Oh, yeah. Whereas no. at the end of the X-Files, they're just like, no, that that fucking cicada beast is real. Right. <laughs> that dude did turn into a black oil. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Which, again, one of my favorite TV shows of ever. Of all time. But that's a different thing. That's not thing. the world we live in, in, in True Detective. So one thing I love, I really found interesting or am finding interesting so far, and I texted you this about this season other than the setting which is awesome and and jodie foster is fucking awesome i cheered when she Dude, came on she's legend like and, i literally cheered um is it kaylee reyes yeah kelly rice uh okay who's her who plays trooper uh, navarro, navarro who is the sort of like 
the show is structured in that we have two lead detectives, right? Uh, they That's the two of them. Um, right. But we are dealing with, as is often the case in True Detective, or, or has been in the last, in the first three seasons, there are, there are cases from different timelines that are linked. Yeah. But in the first season, which is really the only one from the early ones that I give a shit about, three is cool, but whatever. Um, there's a clear connection, like, right? Like someone, the victim is similar. The victim was killed in the same way, something like that. Uh, these are very different. Mm -hmm. And I'm that, so to me, I'm really interested in how's it, how are they even going to connect? Because Because it's going to, it's going to, and I actually think we're going to start getting a lot more information in episode three, but, but we're also dealing with like, which I thought was very interesting is the murder the the crime that took place in the past has a very sympathetic victim right it's a native woman who is brutally beaten yeah for we are told standing up to she's protesting the the mines yeah corruption corruption (laughs) and she's brutally fucking murdered by we assume a group of men yeah uh we'll find out the second crime, the crime that so far has propelled us through the first, or God, you don't even know if it's a fucking crime yet. Yeah. But the story that's propelled us through the first two episodes is this group of scientists who are working above the fucking Arctic Circle. Yeah, in, on, a, in a station. Yeah, on the ice. Uh-huh. Something like we're told, you're trying essentially like, you know, trying to discover the root of life in a way to like where you could cure cancer. All of these oh, things. that old thing. The reason we're always sending people to Antarctica. <laughs> right. right. The reason they dig up ice from <clears throat> yeah. billions of years ago. And we keep saying, leave yeah, stop. the ice, leave the ice there. Line. Don't go to Svalbard in the North and don't go to Antarctica in the South. Um, <laughs> they have all gone missing. Yeah. And they are found frozen, frozen on the ice in the tundra, in this fucking horrific image. But I thought it was interesting because in sort of counterpoint to the past crime, mm-hmm. these are not necessarily victims we are, we are led to sympathize with. Also, we don't really, we don't really know anything about them yet other no. than they're scientists. Yeah. There's this woman, there's the science station, and there is, there are, there's the mines. Yeah. Right? And we still don't necessarily know if the mines and the science station are linked Correct. to each other. We have been given a few clues sure. that connect us back to season one. Yeah, and that, that, that obviously this is going a to- A bigger thing. Yeah, a bigger thing. But yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's like you said, we don't really know who, these, who they are, but there are points- there are touchstones in the pilot right. where you are led to not want to like them. Yeah, who gives a We're shit told about them? They're all men. Yeah, they're yeah. All, there's not. There's not a female scientist. They're all highly educated. They're all relatively wealthy. Mm-hmm. They are the stereotype of the thing we're supposed to not like. Right. Now. And so I am interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. And are they actually the sort of I don't want to say villain, but even like they are interlopers from around the world fucking with land they don't understand. Yeah, and they don't belong. And so everything we're sort of told about them are the things we're not supposed to like. Right. And so I'm interested to see how it's going to come around. How it's going to come around and connect to a victim that we are obviously going to sympathize with. I think that's an interesting, weird dichotomy. Yeah. And how is it going to... I have no idea. And like you said, we still don't know a lot about these. We don't know a lot about it. But the things we're told are like very clear, like... 
And nobody cares. And in the middle, yeah, we have nobody cares. Nobody cares. In the middle, we have like the people of the town, indigenous and not indigenous, who are just trying to live their. Yeah, they lives. don't give a shit about yeah. these guys. And Jodie Foster has the line. You know, she says, "She goes, this case was never going to be solved. Right, this killer was never going to be found. This is this is Ennis. Yeah, yeah. And these are again, it's it's also different because there's no, there's such a specific group of victims. It there's no, at least so far, the town does not feel an imminent threat. Mm-mm. Oh, some shit happened to those weird scientists in that fucking place? Yeah, who cares? Great. That's not going to happen to me because I'm not a weird scientist right. <laughs> working on the ice. I also have a theory. I think you're right. I think it's not going to be supernatural. I think it's going to be connected to the thing that you were talking about last night that I'm not going to mention sure. right now. But I also think, because I do watch a lot of detective shows, Michael, that there are two things happening here. Um, that there are two mysteries that are going to be solved. That these two things, right now, we we think one thing is happening. Uh-huh. We think everything is pointing in one direction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of these things is going to be deeply personal. Yeah. And one of these things is going to be global, land, global, yeah. you know, um, land grab, land grab, <laughs> corruption. yeah, sure, uh, and because that happens a lot sometimes. And that's, you know, I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody, but that, that, that is, that happens in detective shows. And it's when they, when they do something like that, it is always shocking where you go like, oh, oh I, thought this was, I thought this was part of a bigger thing. And then one of the things turns out to be something completely different Yeah, that you were like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I think we, we, through the end of second episode, you started to get hints of like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like what was going on? So yeah, I'm I'm very interested. And I am interested to see I I don't know. Like I'm in I am interested to see how this group of scientists ends up getting handled. Yeah. In that you care when the mystery is solved. Right. It's also like it's also so cool because all of us who were there watching last night, we all had spotted things, you know? Um, and it was just fun to celebrate with each other. It was like, oh my God, you were right about yeah, that Yeah, this and that. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's like, yeah, these connections to, to, to season one. And it's, dude, it's Jody, Jody Foster's back, man. Let's talk about, just because we're almost out of time. Yeah. But like, so of course, because it's such a big hit, Isa Lopez is doing a lot of interviews right now. And one of the things that she's talking about is, I mean, it's being critically hailed as one of the best things on television right now, but there's a lot of folks out there sure. who are haters, of course, um, who are huge fans of one uh-huh. um, and they're dudes. I'm just going to say it. Um, but it's a certain kind of dude and they are hating on season four because the protagonists are women. Yeah. Which is strange because one of the main protagonists of season two is fucking Rachel McAdams. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Like what? Yeah. And also that just happened before everyone got online to fucking, I don't know. I I mean, it's weird. And like, like, these are not the first female detectives in, in true detective. Not at all. And also in the genre, like if Dude. you if you are a fan of Jody the genre, Foster, <laughs> Jody Foster's portrayal of Clarice Starling is iconic in in the actual in sense the of ac- the word in the genre. She won right? an Academy Award for that. Yes, I mean, yeah, I, every woman that I'm, I kid you not, I have received texts and messages from like like Jessica Turner Warren, yeah. like from women who are my friends who also enjoy detective stories. 
um, women overwhelmingly enjoy detective stories uh, who like have texted me and gone like, oh my God, when Jodie Foster, Foster came on the screen, I just cheered. And yeah, like, man. I did too, spontaneously. I did not know that was going to happen. It, and she walks out of the shadow and I was like, fuck yeah, Yeah, I mean, part of that for me even is that like she is so successful for, I don't know, 50, over 50 years mm-hmm. now. Yeah. That like she literally can be like, I'm not going to do anything for 10 fucking years. Yeah. Oh, and so you you got to cherish the things that she chooses to fucking do. Right. And the fact that she's coming back in as a detective. And also, I'm very happy that she's not starveling. Uh, star, starveling. She's not in Midsummer Night's Dream. She's not starling old. <laughs> no, no. She is a very different human she's being. She's got some rage in her. Oh, man. But it's like. We have to cherish this man. We're not going to, you don't, she might at the end of this be like, cool, I'm done for another 10 fucking years. Yeah. So we got to cherish it. Yeah. And You're she's right. awesome. And like these. There's, there were, there's moments in, in one where I'm watching it and I'm like, I can see flashes of little girl who lived down the lane. Yeah, man. And I'm like, man, Dude, she's so good. She's like, been, she's been part of us growing up. Forever. She's, forever. Yeah. And like. She grew up with us. This is my whole, like, to me, look, if you don't, I think there are reasons to not like any show. Sure. Even shows that someone, that I would argue are perfect. Like season one. I, if someone gave me a legitimate debate as to, I, right. I fucking hate the movie Goodfellas. I right. fucking hate it. And you can all come at me and we can debate this all fucking day. And but I, you hate it. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And I know how it is revered and I I understand why. So there are reasons that people will dislike anything, Mm -hmm. but one, how many of these assholes even fucking watched it? Right. And like, how have we gotten to a point? This is like, she played Starling 30 fucking years ago. Right. This is not new. And I don't know. I I don't know if it's like, if they're threatened because like Callie Rice could kick all of their asses. Sure. You know, she's a, used to be a professional boxer turned actor. And I'm like, are, are you just like threatened by the, the, the strong woman archetype? I, d- I don't know. Or you really are just that sad that your purpose in life is going to be to, I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know what your goal is to I only mean, have shows with dudes on it. You can say, you can say, I don't like the character because she's this, this or that. Sure. But I don't like it because she's a woman like that's absurd and again like i said there's already been a female detective uh in rachel mcadams in season two the lead of season three is a black man like this is not the first non-white male detective that has led true detective right it's even if you're like obsessed with true detective Mm -hmm. i I don't understand i don't understand they're just sad also we've had lady detective since the fucking that's what i was gonna say i was like one of the most famous detectives in all of the world is a lady detective and she lives in a little town in England and never leaves her home and solves mysteries. So yeah, man. You. I don't, I, it's just like, this has been around forever, man. Like yeah. I just watch. And if honestly, you, no one's making you watch it. Yeah. No one's forcing you to watch it. So stop going on Rotten Tomatoes yeah, and bringing fuck, the reviews fuck down. right off. Because nowadays that actually matters. Oh, it's sad. It's, it's so it's sad that man. anybody can go review bomb something yeah. and then the algorithm doesn't work and it doesn't get it's upset. It's actually yeah. like fucking upsetting. And like, I feel like this show will be fine because because yeah. it's, it's HBO it's and Jodie Jody fucking Foster. And it's yeah. already like the first two episodes and kick Chris ass. Eccleston. Dude, Eccleston showed up. Yeah. Like, but for smaller films, yeah. dude, this can ruin them. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. Stop being dicks. Stop uh, being a dick. Go watch Night Country. Yeah. Go make your own movie also. <laughs>
let's see. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Um, yeah, so True Detective, go watch season one if you haven't watched it. It's so, so good. It has amazing elements of horror. It Season one has one of the most horrific images I have ever seen in my life when they uh, as a reveal of a killer. Dude, I, oh my, like, it haunts me. It haunts me. I showed it to Isa yesterday and she was me. like, oh, hell no. And what's crazy is we know someone who's friends with the actor and yes. he's apparently like a really nice guy. He's a guy. really nice guy. I refuse to accept that. I <laughs> do not want to go to Louisiana no. ever again, no. ever again. Like I turned to John and I was like, okay, let's just play a game of like, if you took a wrong turn oh my and god you saw this on the driveway get the fuck what out what would you do and he was like i would turn around and drive for five hours yeah. in the opposite <laughs> direction yeah and totally. it's, it's that simple imagery that is horrific Horrifying. that fucks with like our collective consciousness yeah. of, of what is right and what is yeah, wrong. yeah man i never it's should have seen bizarre. that never should have no seen one it. should ever see that so it's really 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 great it's got some like folk horror um, elements. It's got serial killer. It's it's got amazing acting, amazing writing. Um, it's one of the best things I've seen McConaughey ever ever. Absolutely, ever do. yeah. Um, and go watch season four. Yeah, Jodie Foster. The first two are kicking ass. Co-stars from Contact. Yes. Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> that's, that's funny wow, that's um, funny. Yeah, I'm so. Um, we said last night, all of us. Like I said, there were six of us. It's the first time we have been excited about a show in a very long, like a show where it's like, I have to wait a week, mm -hmm. damn it, but also cool. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time like we'd say we, all of us have been this excited about a show probably since fucking Twin Peaks The Return, yeah, it's to be true. honest. It's true. Um, so go check it out. All right. We'll see you next week. We'll figure out something to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll talk about, oh, what was the one that you sent me? I want to, it's uh, I think called Lord of Lord of Misrule. Yeah. Lord With, of Misrule. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Innocent is in it. I mean, it's amazing folk horror. It looks like amazing also, folk Also Tuppence horror. Middleton. Oh, great. Come on. Yeah. Uh, also Nosferatu is coming out soon. So <sighs> That's yeah, exciting. we'll be able to go see that or watch it on TV and um, we'll tell you all about it. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.